Blog Talk Radio. Desperate House Witches. I said that shit all backwards. Anyway, Desperate House Witches is not GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you. And especially since I'm talking about booze, drinking, COVID, you name it, we got it. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your amazing witching needs. She's got it all. She's got candles. She's got oils. She's got sprays. She's got poppets. She's got jars. She's got a book called Utterly Wicked. It is one of the greatest hexing books ever written. So please, once again, check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. It's worth your time. All right. Speaking of things that are worth your time, my guest tonight, I love this woman, Julia Helena, Helena Hadas is with me. I'm sorry. You would think I'm drunk already. The book is Witchcraft <laughs> Cocktails. 70 seasonal drinks infused with magic and ritual. So, hi, babe. <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> okay, so this has been a week of shit for me. I have been covering three jobs because everyone decided to go out of the country for a month. So I am finding myself seriously in need of some alcohol now. As you know from previous visits, I was never really much of a drinker, and you changed all that. I mean, and not in a bad way. I, you, you piqued my interest. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Because certain things are not legal yet, um, and because certain companies do drug testing, um, not that I encourage anybody to drink, drink, but, I mean, a cocktail to relax is a good thing, and... Quite frankly, this is the route I have had to take during this pandemic season and what looks like the next pandemic season because shit's still crazy. So tell me what you've been up to before I start asking you questions about alcohol. Where are you? What are you doing? What are you writing? Give me the lowdown. I haven't heard from you in months. What's happening? Yes, a lot has been happening, as I'm sure it is for many people. Um, I moved from the Bay Area of California out to Arizona about a month and a half ago, and um, in the middle wow. of the heat wave, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 
And um, I am now lead bartender over at um, Booter's Cocktail Bar and Kitchen in Scottsdale. And so I'm going to be running their um, cocktail program there. So if you guys uh, want some live bartending from me, that's finally available for anyone that's going to be in the area. So I'm excited for that. (laughs) Wow. So you moved for work. That's pretty cool. Do you like where you are now? I do. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, I am like 100% Polish, some Slavic, um, and I am not made for this much heat. We <laughs> will see how long I right. live out here. Um, I, you know, I used to colder weather, so we're going to see how it goes. But otherwise, the people here are very um, artsy, you know, and, and lots of witchy yep. people out here, too, which I'm absolutely loving, so... That's good. That's very good. And I'm sure it's a totally different kind of vibe. Um, you know, is it is it a more relaxed vibe or is it, you know, a more hustle and bustle vibe? I'm not familiar with one as opposed to the other because, like, I lived on the West Coast for a year and that was kind of like it. And I never really got the whole difference in scene, as it were. So, what you know? What's it like? You know, are you a member? Have you like joined community out there? What What's the sitch? Oh yeah, I mean definitely in the Bay Area. You know, people it's expensive to live, so it's definitely hustle and bustle out there. Um, I remember having to like work three jobs just to make rent. I'm sure anyone in the Bay Area can relate. You know, it's more affordable, so people are kind of you know okay with one job or two, um, so it's definitely much more more relaxed, but there is a lot of, like, you know, more hipster-type stuff happening out here, a lot of creative ideas, micro-breweries. I did join, I know this isn't exactly the witchy thing, but um, I did join the Bartending Guild chapter out here, and a good friend of mine my, um, is working at a local uh, metaphysical shop, Vision Quest, so we've got some stuff that's going to be happening there, which is really exciting. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Well, I feel like congratulations are in order. Congratulations. Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> it's, it's really nice that, that, you know, sometimes moving for work is a bit of a bear. But, I mean, it sounds like you've had a great opportunity to, like, head something up. And it's nice that there's community for you to be part of. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, you know how much I love alcohol, so <laughs> it's great to be surrounded by, you know, all these different options. Um, working in a bar, you have access to a lot more ingredients than maybe the average person would at home, so I'm definitely having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool, and I have to tell you, you've really kind of fostered my love of, you know, interesting things. Like, you know, we went to um, we went to a cevicheria. Uh, last week, we're going back tomorrow, and they have, it's not really, it's kind of a pina colada, but it's kind of not because there's no coconut cream in it, but they put, like, banana rum in it, and then they put in um, pineapple juice, which I was not um, familiar with having, and I thought it was a really interesting combination, and I see folks kind of stretching the traditional for something new and different. Like what folks don't know is 
like I was bugging my guest tonight this afternoon about this drink I want to make. And I, I give you a little bit of a background on this drink. So it's a blackberry Pimm's cup and I had it at a local restaurant and the restaurant is very hoity-toity to a point where it's not worth the prices. I'm not going to name any names. But this cocktail, I dream about this frigging cocktail. And I love it so much. So, like, I'm trying to recreate it. So I was tapping our favorite bartender here to, like, help me figure it out. And I think I've got some ideas. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. But and I will be messaging you through the process. I will be messaging you. Yeah. yeah, well, I was like, you know what, like, let me try making it, too. You know, I mean, like, I know it's a cucumber yep. vodka, but, like, realistically, you could just infuse your own vodka with just some cucumber slices, you know, put a little bit in a mason jar, and that way you don't have to, like, spend a lot of big bucks buying a brand-new vodka. So there's definitely ways to make that happen, and I might have to mess around myself and see if I can recreate it for you because it sounds delicious. Well, it does, and it calls for lemon oleo, which I had never heard of. But then I found out lemon oleo is you peel the lemon, you bury it in sugar with like two tablespoons of liquid, and leave it. And whatever leaches out of the of the skin, the oils, is like this amazing elixir that you can add to drinks. And I'm like, I'm going to try that shit myself. Because anybody could go and buy syrup, right? And this is kind of like a really fresh version of it. So I was really kind of excited. So, (laughs) because part of me is fucking lazy, as well you know. Um, (laughs) So I decided, well, here's what I did. It said blueberry syrup. I said, okay, I will. I I don't have the time to pressurize all these blueberries to make the syrup. So I'm gonna buy the syrup. I'm gonna buy the cucumber vodka because this drink is so good. I'm probably gonna go through it. And this is from somebody who doesn't drink, but I love a drink. So how many people are like me and don't like drinks that taste like? a whole shit ton of alcohol. I'm one of these people, but I like the little bit of relaxation that I get from it. So I'm kind of like, oh, hell yes, we're doing this all day. So having been through the pandemic and being more open to trying things, because, like, everyone in my family drinks except me. So when we go out to dinner, you know, my son has something, my husband has something, And then I taste whatever they've got. And, you know, if it's too strong, I'm like, ah. But this drink was like I was mesmerized. As a matter of fact, we ordered like four of them, and I went through two. And this is somebody who's a complete and utter lightweight. That's how much I loved it. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very jazzed about trying to make this myself at home. So I'm going, because I don't know the, now I know the ingredients, and there's a lot of ingredients, but I don't know the proportions. (laughs) So I am going to be building this very slowly, and I'm going to be doing it by, I think, by parts as opposed to measurements. You know what I mean? Like if it's one part PEMS, I might do a half a part cucumber vodka, 
Um, I might start with a teaspoon of syrup. I might start with a teaspoon of the lemon. I mean, I, I'm just basically layering flavors until I hit the right combination. So I'm really excited because I will tell you, yeah. COVID has kicked my ass in ways I cannot even tell you. And I need this <laughs> hobby. I love it. Well, I do have, I have two comments on that. And one is, I know that the word like syrup really makes people think it's more complicated than it is, but really you could uh -huh. make an easy blackberry syrup by just turning on some water on the tea kettle, pour out, uh -huh. uh, measure out a certain amount, pour it over blackberry, uh -huh. fresh or dried, let it sit for five minutes like tea, and then you just add the same amount of sugar. I mean, it's really not super involved unless you want to make like an artisanal syrup. So, you know, if you do get around to making your own, because, you know, store that they add lots of things and it just becomes like way too sweet or sugary. So if you're ever up for giving right, it a try, right. just equal parts sugar and water yeah, and you can throw some blackberries in and that's it. See, and I knew she'd say some shit to me about it because she has a story <laughs> in the book. And I'm like, she's going to give me a ration and a half of shit about this, but my ass is tired <laughs> and lazy right now. I'm doing you know what to make this one myself and the PIMS myself. PIMS, I believe, is a British um, liquor of some sort. It's all this stuff I'm not familiar with, like ginger beer. I don't know what the hell ginger beer is. I don't drink ginger beer, but it goes in this drink. <laughs> so I'm, prob I'm probably going to be really surprised at how little of everything I'm going to need except for the PIMS and the syrups. But it's all right. I'm going to go with it. Um, yeah. Because quite yeah. frankly, I, I need to relax, especially after this week. So I wanted to ask you, is it or is it not true? Because I have seen this in my own life. Since the pandemic really ramped up, people started drinking more. True or false? From what I have heard, that is true, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not crazy. Because I have seen it in my own home. And are people like learning to do more of the artisanal things at home themselves when it comes to this kind of thing? Yeah, I've definitely had a lot of um, a lot of people reaching, you know, out to me, and I, I definitely feel like a lot more people are getting into doing it at home because they can't go out and get mm -hmm. those drinks, you know, so it makes sense to learn to do it at yeah. home. And um, once you demystify it a lot, it becomes much easier than you might assume, and you just get one liqueur you really love, and you can create, you know, 20 different drinks with it. So it definitely, um, people are, are getting back into it. And at the start, you had mentioned, um, I wanted to say that um, alcohol does actually, like, at its root, is, is tied to witchcraft and religion. That's really where all of the roots of, like, every single alcohol comes from is witchcraft yep. and religion um so it's very much tied to witchcraft i mean even green chartreuse which is a specific type of um spirit but there's a bunch of monks in the french alps who've been making that recipe for hundreds of years and no one else knows what it is except for them so 
it's really tied into all sorts of practices. Oh, which reminds me. My friend, now, this is something from when I was in my late teens, early 20s. Um, There was a point where alcohol could be sold to folks 18 and older. I don't know what the laws are now. I think it's 21 and older. But at the point that it was 18 and above, we used to buy Chambord. And Chambord, Mm. I think, is also made in, in, like, not secrecy necessarily, but is Chambord also made by monks? Or am I thinking of Frangelico? I'm not sure about Chambord. I, that's one that I haven't really um, worked with a lot because I'm going to be honest, I'm a little bit bougie of a cocktail person. Obviously, get whatever you want, but there's certain grand liqueurs that like are super sugary and sweet, and I usually go for the more crafty stuff. Um, so I do do raspberry uh-huh. liqueurs, but I haven't worked with Chambord a lot because it's a little... It's one of those more brand names options. Um, I think it might be... I can't speak. I mean, I could Google it right now if we want to find out if it's Frangelico, but I, I think it might be. No. Actually, you know what? I would rather know your bougie taste because, quite frankly, <laughs> anybody who's ever listened to the show knows that my my you know my offerings to my go- my deities are um, Bombay Sapphire Gin and Glenlivet Special Reserve whiskey. <gasps> so it's yeah, I mean, my gods drink better than I do. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> and it cost me a fortune to make these offerings, but it's like, fuck it, that's what they want. Because oh, yeah. they've rejected previous offerings that were not high quality. Like, I, and I know I've told you the story before, but I used to try to put red wine out, and they, they would put a film over the top of it. And it would, like, the level would never change. And I was like, well, maybe it was bad wine. So I tried it with a different (laughs) wine. Same. They're like, oh, bitch, you are holding out. Fuck that. Throw this wine (laughs) shit out and give us some real fucking shit. So I just happened, just happened to have my son's Bombay Sapphire gin, and I made it as an offering to the Great Mother. And then I had some Glenlivet in the house because of a visitor, and I made an offering to the Great Father. So I I put it up on the altar, Bombay Sapphire and the Glenlivet. Let me tell you what, they fucking drank this shit. I'm like, get the fuck (laughs) out of here. Yes, baby. I'll tell you what, you give your gods good shit, you can't go back to giving them crap. They want good shit. The the better the offering, the better the blessing. That's all I'm saying. It works like that for me. I don't know about anybody else, but it works for me. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that because, like, obviously I make lots of cocktails. Now, I believe everything in moderation. You know, I think that's just a great approach to life. So whenever I have some of the cocktail left over that I'm putting together for my blog, I'll leave out certain drinks, you know, for, for duty. And obviously I can tell which ones they're really loving, you know, like maybe giving Aphrodite mm-hmm. hibiscus um, lemon drop, you know, or something. And she just drinks yeah. it right up, you know, compared to something else. So, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> but now, like, I'm afraid to try anything else because I don't want to piss them <laughs> off. It's like, oh, yeah. no, no. 
bitch, you gave us some bougie shit. Don't fuck up now. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn Levette's pretty oh, good. Gosh. I don't blame him. That's, that's a, a nice one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, I can't go any more expensive on my offerings because I'll be broke. Because quite frankly, <laughs> if you have deities like mine that seriously are into their, I mean, not like, they're getting loopy every day. It's not like I have to put out an offering every day, but once a week or once every week and a half. And it's a very, it's like a shot glass worth. Well, no, it's more than a shot. It's like two shot glasses worth, <laughs> which isn't a huge, it's not a huge amount. But, you know, you can see like every morning I check and the level's down some. And I'm like, oh, we're liking this. I'm getting blessed. Okay, shit's happening. This is a good thing. So <laughs> I'm I'm like scared to try anything else. Oh no, we're not playing. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have great. Do you find so. the <laughs> Yeah, right. Do you find? I, I mean, are there things you should like never leave as an offering for certain reasons, or is like everything fair game until you are informed otherwise? You know, I think that's really going to depend on on everyone's personal relationship with specific deities. You know, obviously with me, the deities that I work with know what I do for a living. So I'm sure that there are different expectations of the quality of what I give them. Um, and, you know, I don't, you know, some people have smaller budgets to work with. So, you know, you've got to do what you got to do. But I think in the end game, definitely, if, if when you get to a point you can afford it, nicer liqueurs. And alcohols are the better option, not just for deity, but also for yourself. When people start to complain about, like, hangovers and things like that, it's really the, you know, dive bars, you know, bottom shelf alcohols or, you know, cheaper, super, lots of sugar um, infused alcohols. Those are the ones that give you the hangovers. So if you invest in nicer bottles, it's going to make you feel better, and it's also going to be great for, you know, deity's going to love it because it's an investment that you put into them. So, but, you know, everyone's got to work with what they got. So if all you can do is, you know, do some dollar store stuff, dollar store, do they even have wine at the dollar store? I don't know, but <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Hey, listen, Trader Joe's carries booze. I'm just saying, do whatever is in the budge, you know. you got to stick in the oh, budget. Yeah. But, on that, you know, on but subject, hey, listen, uh-huh. every, every once in a while, like, you get a couple of extra bucks go, coming your way. It's not a bad idea to invest it in your offering in some manner, you know, as a show of gratitude for, you know, getting good shit. I mean, you know, it's one of the things I, I have a list of things I do as a witch every day. Okay. Yeah. I get up. I thank the gods, I show my gratitude, I make sure their alcohol is at a reasonable level that it's not, you know, like not so low that it needs to be refilled right away. I just check on shit like that. You know, I make offerings of incense, and then somewhere along the morning I'm congratulating Matt Oren on something he's done great in the last 24 (laughs) hours. These are the things I do as a witch. Pretty much every fucking day. I love day. it. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to post that this morning, and I'm like, he's going to fucking kill me if I do. 
sure he wouldn't. Should it's true. I'm sure. gonna He's him. great. He's always putting out amazing stuff. So yeah. I know. I'm like, let me razz his ass a little bit, but I didn't want to upset him because I love him, and I didn't know if he would yeah. take the joke kindly. But I may do it. I may do it. You should. <laughs> he's, he's great. He's terrific. It's honestly, it's really nice seeing all these really great, you know, because in our modern era, we're encountering all sorts of diverse figures in the community, and it's really great to have someone who's such a great role model like Matt. So definitely. <laughs> Right, and we're you know we're talking about him because Julia also knows knows him. So, yeah, <laughs> so it's not completely <laughs> out of left field. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I love that he's a riot. So tell me, what else is going on in the liquor industry? Is there are there new drinks coming out? Are you like a creator of new? things is there a push to create new drinks is it something that that bartenders are always looking to do or is it about perfecting things that already exist how does this work yeah so first i wanted to say when you're speaking earlier about trader joe's um for anyone who is looking to save i know as a fact because i worked for a distillery and was friends with other people who worked at other distilleries to have your alcohol at Trader Joe's, you do have to offer them a special deal that's not available anywhere else. So if Trader Joe's has that alcohol, that's most likely going to be the best price you're going to get for it. So just a tip for anyone, if you can get it at Trader Joe's, it's, it's going to be one of the better prices you can get. But as far as creating new cocktails, when it comes to new cocktails at the end of the day, just like everyone's magic is different, taste is a preference. Mm-hmm. So people are always trying to create new drinks, but to some respect, you know, you can't recreate the wheel. The basis of a good cocktail mm-hmm. is always going to be the same. So mostly what people are doing is they're reinventing something that's already been done. You know, they're swapping out ingredients, changing increments, using a different type of alcohol, um, and creating something completely different, obviously. Um, but it's pretty much, you know, starting at the same base of of a balance of any good cocktail. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to somebody who's like, you know, I've, I, 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 like to, I like to make drinks at home. Uh, I'm kind of bored. Like what, what's a good basic place for yeah. people to start from? Well, you're not going to like me for this, but the easiest way um, is whatever drink you're using, use it as um, a simple syrup. Just make it an infused simple mm-hmm. syrup. Just make You can do Earl Grey tea and use that as a syrup. Ooh. You can throw in dried rose petals. You know, whatever it is you're doing in your witchcraft, you can also turn into a cocktail through syrup. That, to me, is the easiest thing because that's like a five-minute creation right there. Just hot tea kettle, wow. some herbs. Add yep. sugar. You got a simple syrup that's going to transform any cocktail you add it to, um, and then you know you can try swapping out different liqueurs. Like for example, if you like a lemon drop, right? And a lemon drop usually uses okay. triple sec. Well, there's this fabulous mandarin liqueur I personally just came across, and maybe instead of doing triple ah. sec, I'm going to pour in some mandarin liqueur instead. 
So you can have so much fun with them and just swapping out things as a place to start. And your flavor taste will guide you as to maybe it needs more lemon juice. You know what? I feel like I might want a little bit of raspberry in there. So throw in fresh herbs mm. or mint from the garden or rosemary. I mean, it can start with something that small and become something completely mm-hmm. different. So, I mean, are there rules about, like, muddling fruit and throwing it in? Is there, are there certain things you shouldn't do? I mean, it it just seems, for me, you know, making a drink seems really daunting. Like, you need to have all of this knowledge of what fits with, which is why your book is great. Um, And I highly recommend Witchcraft Cocktails because it is a great jumping point. So, obviously, I'm talking about folks who haven't bought the book yet, um, because the book is a great guide on flavor combinations, how to make these syrups that Julia's talking about. Um, there's some great uh, cocktails, you know, with a purpose. I mean, it's, it's called Witchcraft Cocktails because it's cocktails with magical intent. Um, mm-hmm. But even in addition to that, you don't have to be a witch to use the book because it's got great ideas on drinks just in general, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do love it for the, the witchcraft angle, but I mean, I can hand this to someone who's not a witch and say, see if anything in here looks interesting to you. And ninety-nine nine 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 99.999% of the time, Oh, look at this one, sun and smoke, blah, blah, blah. It's got ginger in you know what I'm saying? So there's like yeah. something for everybody in here, which makes the book just a really great gift for anybody who likes to make drinks or yeah. wants to learn how to start making them for themselves at home. Because, again, with the pandemic and the new surge of this co- this Delta variant, I'm feeling like, our timing is really good with this book to discuss again because it seems like bars are going to start closing again. People need to be able to make things for themselves at home. And I think, yeah. you know, we now that we have the book and now that the book is accessible, um, it's really time to pull it out. Because when you first came out with the book, it was like, you know, this is really great for folks who drink. But since I took it up as a hobby during COVID. (laughs) Um, It's been very, I mean, it's been really helpful because it's like it gives me something. It's not just about the drinking. It's about the creating. It's about making the drink, making something that's tasty. And, you know, everyone doesn't drink to get schnockered. Sometimes you just want to relax. My dad, before, you know, when, before he became a pastor, yeah, that happened. Oh, man. Um, used to come <laughs> home every night and have, yeah, right? He used to come home every night when I was a kid and have a drink to unwind. He wasn't an alcoholic. He just had a drink at night before dinner or with dinner. And if it was a really bad night, wow, two gin and tonics, boop, boop. you know, that was a big deal. So I'm learning to appreciate alcohol in moderation, of course, and safely. You know, obviously I don't drive and drink. And the place where I got this cocktail that I was so in love with, it was in walking distance. 
But again, with things, you know, people, they're talking about masking. I don't know what it's like in Arizona, but here in North Carolina, it's going back to masking, potentially masking indoors, whether or not you're vaccinated. And I just see this as more of like a mini shutdown again. So I'm trying to be prepared with like ingredients and stuff because I will tell you, when the pandemic was at its height height, the last round, going to the liquor store was like a three-hour affair because that's where people were going to get supplies, and the lines were incredibly long. Two people allowed in the store at a time, our small ABC locally, Um, and, you know, it was just really interesting to see how behaviors changed and now I just feel like I want to be prepared, <laughs> just yeah. in case, you know. Yeah, and and now there's um, I mean, everyone's doing this stuff, but there's actually alcohol delivery services like Drizzly or something in different states. So <laughs> making it even easier Ooh. for you if you can't go out. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. So is that picking up steam? I heard a rumor about a delivery service. But I don't know if they're here yet. So what is that, where they you just, like, place an order like you would at the liquor store and they bring it to you? Yeah, it's like DoorDash, but for alcohol. And obviously it depends on the state. I'm not sure. It sounds like maybe North Carolina has some stricter laws. But I know, like, in California, for sure, there's Drizzly and some other states have different ones. But it just depends on the liquor laws of that state. Wow, that's actually pretty cool and pretty interesting. But I, I'm, I'm looking at this potential time, you know, as we're going towards, and I know it's still summer, but fall and winter will be upon us very soon. And, you know, if things take an unfortunate turn, you know, I, I like the idea that I'm armed and ready to, like, experiment and make stuff at home. Um so tell me what else you're working on. Is there another book coming and when and what? And give me all the lowdown. Give me the scoop. Yeah, absolutely. I'm jumping back to what you said a little bit earlier. I do want to say for everyone, whether or not you get witchcraft cocktails or a different book, um, a good starting point to get you making cocktails in your home is just to know what your favorite drink is, if it's a Moscow Mule or something like that, and play around with some variations, get the ingredients for that, and make it your own until you love it. But also, it's really like until you magically align. Like, if we even think of aromatherapy, right? Like, we know that certain scents mm-hmm. celebrate certain moods. So orange is going to help you feel more positive and, and happy. And you combine all of the ingredients like that in a drink, and you know the base, like you're saying that your your pastor father would have gin. Like, I'm not surprised that he would have gin after a long day because the defining ingredient, amongst other things, of gin is juniper. And juniper is cleansing, it's grounding, it's also connected to spirituality. Mm. That's like the perfect thing after a long day of spiritual work to have a gin drink. And if you want to align it and, like, maybe make a gin Moscow mule and you've got, like, the hex-breaking lime in there, you know, ginger as well, which can help, you know, alleviate, you know, illness, but also add power. I mean, you can really just, you will feel different when you magically align a drink. You will feel, and you get good alcohol. (laughs) 
you will feel yeah. the the effects of that. Um, it really, like, when it's aligned, you can tell the difference of just a normal cocktail and one that's been aligned for intention. It will make you feel the way that um, you're going for. If you're doing, like, a love spell or you want to feel confident, you know, whatever it may be. So yeah. I'm a big fan of that. As far as projects, um, so I have a new book called Moon Magic and Mixology that's coming out in, I think, either December or November. Um, And Uh it's so funny because I'm like, oh, yeah, Dorothy Morrison sponsors your show. Well, like, Dorothy Morrison's book, Moon Magic, is, like, one of the books that I have just gone to again and again in my life. And so, obviously, I referenced her book a lot in that. But basically, it's aligning the different phases of the moon, the different astrological moon signs, like new moon and Aries, nice. with, with cocktails. Um, and I also give you different ingredients you can use if you wanted to create your own. So that's what's coming out um, in November and December. And then I'm going to be, once I'm calmed down from moving, <laughs> I'm going to be revamping oh, yeah. my blog and doing some new recipes as well there. That's great. Are you going to do any online classes? You know what? When you were talking earlier, like, honestly, I really want to. And, and yeah, um, I can talk about alcohol all day, alcohol and magic all day. <laughs> so I think it's definitely worth it. I was thinking about, like, a Patreon or something, you know, just to start. And then yeah. maybe some classes that aren't Patreon. But um, just so people want to learn and listen to me talk about how to make drinks for an hour, like, I'm all there. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you, like, have a drink of the week or a drink of the month, something that you, like, gravitate to for a certain period of time before you move on to something else? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just trying. I love new stuff. So, like, there's a thing in the industry. Well, actually, it's, it's kind of petering out right now. But um, red wine in cocktails, like a red wine, float, like a New York sour, that's been around for a while. But, um uh-huh. I started adding wine, red wine, you know, as a float to certain cocktails, and I was obsessed with that for a while. Um, now I'm moving more into um, some mezcal stuff. I mean, I was, already love mezcal, Ooh. but I want to try some more, like, you know, mezcal old fashions are a lot of fun and things like that. So there's definitely, I'm trying to learn as much as possible. So when I find something new, I like to mess around, beer cocktails. I want to do a Mezcal beer cocktail and see how that works out, but yeah. So, you know, I was thinking about, you you were talking about magical alignment, and the drink that I am so interested in, because I, I, I had it once at this restaurant, and I went through like a bunch of, well, I went through about half of the ones that were ordered at the table by myself, which is very unusual because I I just don't take to alcohol anymore. I mean, I used to drink like, oh, in my late teens, early, early, early 20s, I, I drank for a little while. And then like, I did stupid things like continuous shots of Pernod until I would fall over in a parking lot and puke my guts up because I was young and stupid and I didn't realize that there were limits because I thought I was superhuman and could never die. You know what I mean. So, <laughs> but, now that I'm, but now that I'm kind of revisiting certain things, you know, I was just referencing the flavor profile that I'm going for in your book 
and you know it's talking about blackberry because it's a blackberry pimp's cup so you know it's it's a lot about um transforming and healing and i'm doing a lot of work with that you know i went through a lot in the last year it's like 11 months now next month will be a full year for some stuff that went down and then you know lemon refreshing and it feels like almost a regeneration effect that i'm going for flavor wise very fresh and very um dark but but in alignment does that make sense yeah if you want me to hop in on that i can tell you already like you know cucumber and lemon are both associated with the moon i'm sure you know that and so you and moon yeah. can obviously be intuition and power but also transformation and regeneration so definitely with that cucumber in there you know you've got that yeah. and then like the blackberry that's also transformative and healing but also sensual power um and so i can just imagine yeah and if you throw some mint in there it's just refreshing and intuition I mean, it, honestly, now I'm getting a little thirsty to have a Pim's cup myself, but I can <laughs> see that in the line with, you know, the moon and, and transformation and all that. So I'm feeling like, because the reason I know that is because of your book, because I didn't know about it before, but I feel like, you know, because you kind of opened my eyes to all these possibilities because of the book that, you know, I'm subconsciously aligning with a lot of these things. Do you find that happens? Like, do you find that you're suddenly drawn for certain alignment reasons that you're not even conscious of to certain types of drinks? Yes and no. I mean, I'm going to be honest. This is my life now. Like, witchcraft and alcohol are my life, which I'm beyond grateful for. I couldn't imagine a better existence. So it's always in my mind what I'm doing. Like, I do follow my intuition and flavor that guides that intuition, but I'm conscious along the way of, like, you know, oh, yeah, this is this. It actually makes it bad because I don't know if my coworkers realize this, but when I see them doing custom drinks or whatever and they have me taste test, like, in the back of my mind, mm-hmm. like, oh, they put these ingredients in. This must be, like, <laughs> you know, give me some clue into what they're being drawn to right now. So i got to turn that off a little uh-huh. bit. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so this is, like, your way of learning about people without them really knowing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's having me taste different things, and I'm like, oh, you've got, like, raspberry, you know, and some other things in there, and, like, there's some, you know, love and sensuality and happiness with that. So (laughs) it's a lot of fun, honestly. I could probably do cocktails and some people. That would be a blast. (laughs) Wow. Cocktail readings. New (laughs) angle. Cocktail readings. Yeah. For sure, right? (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is amazing because I could come to you and say, here's what I'm feeling, and you could, like, recommend a cocktail. That would be beautiful. I think that would be hilarious and beautiful. Honestly, that is my favorite thing to do. Yeah, I love making Mm -hmm. custom cocktails for people. Um, One of my jobs, they had, like, a – thing with a mixologist and so I did a few of those because obviously I only moved here a month ago 
um, date with a mixologist and, you know, just listing the people, what flavors they like, you know, what kind of feelings or emotions they're going for. And I'd mix them a custom cocktail. It's one of my favorite things because, you know, that's something unique to that individual um, that, you know, someone else might not like the same, but it fits them just perfectly. So I love doing that. I need to find a way to do that more often for people, but it's, it's a blast. I don't know. I think there should always be somebody at any place that you're going to have a drink that you could walk up to and say, I'm feeling sad about this, or I'm feeling anxious about this promotion, or I'm I'm trying to get myself in alignment, and I'm just feeling out of sorts because of an argument I had with my spouse or significant other or whomever. I mean, there's got to be something applicable for any different human condition because it's yeah. all based in natural, organic ingredients, and yes. we're normally based in natural, organic, or we're supposed to be. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> to just kind of bring the mind back into alignment. No, I find it fascinating. You really piqued my interest from the first time we talked about, you know, when the book was first coming out, you know, and I was yeah. like, wow, this is really super interesting and as somebody who really wasn't a drinker anymore um i still found it really fascinating and then during covid it was like i want to do something fun you know i I don't need to get hammered but I, i would like to like get the edge off the days have been so difficult and like like I said, you know, I've been covering three jobs for the past month because my associates are out of the country, and I'm like, all of this pressure is oh, on man. me, and I want something, you know, the blackberry and the lemon and the cucumber and the vodka and the pims, which I didn't even know what a pim was, you know. It's, and I still am not really sure what a pim is, but except for that it's, you know, European, um, and it's in this amazing drink. So I'm like, this is really interesting stuff. And I'm so excited that you have another book coming out. So the book that you're doing to follow up, is it already completed? Yes. It was this one um, really, I mean, I can swear, right? This one really kicked my ass. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Because, um, you know, it was in the, the, the first one I had worked on, you know, outside, it wasn't the pandemic yet. And this one was in the middle of the pandemic. And so there were lots of other things mm-hmm. that I was dealing with in my life. Um, and so it was just mm-hmm. this, it was difficult trying to get in balance to, um, you know, make, because I am, I'm really like when I'm putting something in a book, as I imagine anyone else is, you want to make sure everything is perfect. Um, so it was hard to balance, you know, the perfectionist in me with, you know, the timeline that I had and being like, okay, Julie, this cocktail is fine. Like, stop trying to, you know, make it, change it. It tastes great. as it is. So it did kick my uh-huh. butt a little bit, but um, it's, basically kind of I mean on my blog I was already doing lunar cocktails so I was ready when they like was talking to them about it. I was like yeah I'm already doing that I can easily put this together um so it was um it's done we finished it in June like all the edits all the editing process and so now I'm just waiting uh-huh. to get it in person and and yeah I'm really excited for it was it hard to write a follow-up I mean 
this book was, I mean, Witchcraft Cocktails is a great book. It must be a daunting task to have to follow that up with something. Yeah, that was part of it for me. But the thing that um, my Adams Media, my publisher, they wanted to appeal um, to a slightly different audience. So it, to them, it wasn't a second. To me, it was a second book, right? And I want to be like, this is my second book, so I need to, like, up-level it. But to them, it was a, just a book for a different audience. So um, this is, like, a hard thing for me to kind of understand as someone who embraces the word witch. Um, but I guess there's uh-huh. some groups of people who don't embrace the word witch and just do magic. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't. So that's basically the book is, you know, it's still like witchcraft and magic, but um, it's more leaning on like the, on the edge for people who are interested in working with the moon and more new agey, um, if that makes sense. I It does make sense. And I will tell you that a lot of folks do not consider themselves witches, but they do consider themselves magic practitioners or magic users and you know I think sometimes the word which to some folks is limiting see but because I read the book and because I have the book um, I wanted folks to realize it wasn't just about being a witch it was you know it's more the theme of magical intention as opposed to this book is strictly for witches because it's really not. It's about yeah. anybody who wants to be in alignment um, and who enjoys alcohol and wants to be in alignment with what's going on in them emotionally or maybe physically and how you can use certain ingredients to assist and align. And I, I thought that was brilliant, but I do understand why you were asked to take maybe a little bit of a different turn this time yeah. um, to be more inclusive of more general pagans. Absolutely, yeah. So that's exactly what that book is. is it's, you know, moon and a magical intention with the moon. Um, so that way it appeals to people beyond just witchcraft. And it's actually a lot of fun because um, I, I did some things for this book that I'd wanted to do the first but didn't have the time. So there are some bitters recipes. And basically it's just everything I do in all of these books because I believe people should personalize things, you know, to their flavors and to what yeah. their intentions are. So I always include things that are like samples. So there's some bitters recipes in there, but it's also to help people to realize they can make bitters of any alcohol that they want or any flavor they want. Um, pardon me. So there's some bitters sample recipes in there. There's a few liqueur recipes. Um, there's this, um, I, I'm in love with violet liqueur or creme de violette. So I put a violet liqueur in recipe. Um, so there's some new things. And then in the first book, you know, I, I had like additional magic of either crystals or tarot cards. Mm-hmm. And this one, yep. there's like some actual different alignment. Like, okay, for example, a cocktail that uses like marigold and orange and lavender um, in a cocktail. And then there's like lavender orange as well um, and marigold for a bath recipe for more magic. So there's like Mm -hmm. bath recipes, 
sprays, all kinds of things to just show people the way they can take the magic of their cocktail and add in additional yep. layers by repeating ingredients um, and incenses, face masks, whatever it is they want. Yeah, and that's great because, like, I have a thing for bergamot, and I love oh. the scent of it, right? Yes. And I love to be lemon, and I love those sharp flavors, and I love those sharp fragrances. And you'll find if you really examine the things you gravitate towards, not just from a drink standpoint necessarily, but like a fragrance standpoint, like the folks I know who are really into like bourbons and whiskeys tend to lean towards the vanillas and tobacco essence flavors and some of the musks depending on what they're combined with. So it's really been fascinating to me since getting your your first book, obviously, to like see how people exist in these combinations of aromas and flavors. And I find it so fascinating. And it's all because of you. I learned all of this from you. It's just, um, it's so funny because, like, you, you say bergamot. I love bergamot, too. And so the way I've, I've been, hard, like, had a hard time finding fresh or even, like, dried bergamot, like, um, peel. So the uh-huh. way that I get bergamot into my yeah. cocktails is through Earl Grey tea. Um, and so, like, Earl yep. Grey tea syrups, Earl Grey tea infused, you know, gin or whatever. Um, so it was really hard for me because mm-hmm. in the first book I have that bergamot Earl Grey syrup or the Earl Grey um, yep. syrup. But I was like, the second book, I really wanted to put in another Earl Grey syrup. And I was like, nope, something different, Julia. <laughs> it's such a great flavor. It really is. And, you know, it's funny that you said that because – I was like, where do I get it? And then I realized my husband is addicted to Earl Grey tea, so it's always in the mm. cupboard. And so I'm, I always have it in the house. And the fact that it's always in the house must also be affecting me because I always feel it around me, even if I'm not wearing a fragrance that contains it. And now I can infuse it into something else, which is really cool. Now, I will also say, if anyone has noticed that it's difficult getting certain things because of the pandemic, supply chain management is still having some really major issues, which is potentially going to affect certain ingredients that you need for certain drinks, which is another reason why it is so great to have books with the ability to create these flavors in the home not just be able to go out and buy it because again some things are like not readily available right now and if the pandemic gets worse again supply chain management is going to get hit even harder so you might want to stock up or consider stocking up on your basics you know like your plain gin or your plain vodka with the intention of being able to infuse the flavors as you need them later on through the methods in Julia's book, um, which I think is great because most things in their in their plain state are still readily available, but it's going to get interesting when specialty things are harder to get because it's going to get harder to get them again. I just this is just my feeling. There is I have no evidence of this. 
I don't have any insider information. Just having seen what's been going on with the Delta variant and how certain things are shutting down in weird ways a little bit at a time, it might get interesting, so everybody might want to have their basics ready. Absolutely. And even being behind the bar now, you know, and until things shut down again, there's still alcohols, because I'm in charge of alcohol ordering, um, that we still mm-hmm. can't get in or have trouble because of the pandemic that there's been a shortage. So uh-huh. even still now, recovering wow. from so. before and then heading into the yeah. Delta variant now, I would definitely agree, like, you know, not to scare people or anything, but, you know, if you know you like certain yeah. things, it's definitely worth it to invest in it now and not have to worry about it later if you can. Absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, that was one of the main reasons we were even going to the liquor store tomorrow because the minute I open up one of my offering bottles, we like to have backup for everything. So I still have backup Glenlivet, but I don't have any backup um, of the Bombay Sapphire. So it's like I need to make sure I have a reserve for winter just in case shit gets weird again. Not that it necessarily will, but it could, and it's good to be prepared. And holy shit, we are like almost out of time. Okay. So um, (laughs) I could talk forever. You and I could just talk about it. I mean, obviously. But tell folks, again, where they can contact you. Tell them if they can pre-order where or when the book is coming out and how to catch up with you online and you know, support you in any way possible, please give out that information. Absolutely. Um, So on Instagram, I am at Witchcraft Cocktail, no S, at Witchcraft Cocktail. My website that links all to my other social media avenues is Witchcraft Cocktails with an S. Um, and hopefully you can you can get on me about this, but I'll put together some classes soon on mixology and medical yes. mixology if people are interested. And um, yeah, Moon Magic yep. and Mixology you can pre-order anywhere um, online right now. And um, we always, you know, my publisher we're always doing pre-order bonuses, so there will be a bonus. Um, I'm thinking about what exactly it should be, but if anyone wants to message me on Instagram and tell me what they want, I'm always happy to, um, you know, help people out or align what it is they're looking for with the work that I'm doing. So, yeah. Julia, thank you so much for coming back on, and I hope thank I can you. get you to come back on for the new release. That That's going to be a gas. I can't wait to get your new book. Yay! I can't wait to send it your way. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So everybody, in the meantime, please pre-order the new book. And if you don't have witchcraft cocktails, definitely pick it up. It's not just for witchcraft. It is for anybody who is interested in learning more about flavor combinations and how to do stuff yourself at home without having to go out and buy every little ingredient. It's really brilliant. I very much appreciate you, my friend. Thank you again for coming on, and I will speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, I'll see you next week. Take care. Get vaccinated. Wear your masks. Wash your hands. Take care. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.